This is a Podcast Now production. I drank some mouthwash. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really, and I got into my car to drive across the island to take one for the team. And I got to his office fully prepared <laughs> to record a podcast. Everybody, come on, move on. <laughs> Fully Prepared with Andy King. I helped Mark Ruffalo launch a charity that he founded called uh, The Solutions Project, where um, he's been trying to influence the world in a positive way of getting everybody to embrace renewable energy. when I was signing the record deal, I needed an Instagram picture. <laughs> and I was like, well, I've already signed it digitally. I don't have a printer at home. What can I do? And I just got a, uh, I think it was like a bank statement from the site. And I was like, okay, you know, did the pose for the picture, blurred out the bank statement. And obviously like, that's the picture that they used as well. One of my nieces texted me and said, oh my word, you're a meme, and I'm like, "What is a meme?" It's like, not a meme. She said, "It's a meme." Why aren't I getting more likes? What have I? What have I done wrong? What am I? You know, it takes it just drives you crazy. I don't know how people do it today. Sixteen to, you know, eighteen-year-old, or maybe even younger. And you put a post out and you don't get many likes or you get unfriended, you know, when they're going through like a really stressful time in their life and they have to deal with that side as well. It's, it's quite scary, really. Fast forward a couple of weeks, it all happened quite quickly. A US record label called 418 Music really liked the song and they signed that track. everybody back to Fully Prepared with Andy King. And today's kind of a special day because I've got a pretty cool, let's just say, another great inspiration from across the pond, um, Alex Softly. How would I describe Alex? Alex is kind, very insightful, <laughs> talented, very patient, and a man of my heart because most of his career right now this point is based around the event world, but also delving into the music world. And I love that combination. Alex, welcome. Andy, thank you for having me. I've never heard the patient one before, so I'll, uh, I'll take that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, Alex and I first met, when did we meet Alex? Over a year ago? I think it was, it was kind of in the midst of lockdown, wasn't it? And uh, I had a bit of background actually to how how we met. So I'd seen the, the Firefest documentary and I remember I was working in marketing and a, an event organizer. Um, so I remember watching it and just feeling this like absolute like anxiety the whole way through. And I was like, I can't imagine what these people, besides, you know, obviously Billy McFarlane, um, what the others were feeling going through this. <laughs> Back to the office the, the next day and saying, like talking about it with people and everyone 
you know, everyone had watched it already, like straight away. And I said, we have to book Andy for our event because I was organizing a big exhibition for event organizers. I was like, this is the perfect person. And the, the conference producer at the time said, I don't think he's right. I don't think he's right for, for this. I'm not sure I've, I've told you this, Andy. And I was like, completely disagree. Oh. And this was, this was before lockdown, by the way, this is way before lockdown, obviously when it just came out. And then uh, we got into lockdown and it, obviously everything went virtual. I was like, right, we, I'm gonna try and get hold of Andy. I don't care what the, the conference producer said. And I think that at that point, you know, I was kind of, I, I was a bit, bit more senior. I was like, I'm just gonna go for this. And then, you know, it's, it's all gonna work out in the end. And obviously we, we got in, in contact with each other and we, we started, started talking. And uh, yeah, it kind of started there really, didn't it? And you, you became a, a keynote for our event. And yeah, I think a thousand event organizers tuned in to watch that. I think it was over over 50% of the event attendees watched it. And it's not a, it's a trade show first. It's not a, a conference. So uh, yeah, it kind of, we, it went from there. <laughs> I love it. Well, you never told me that. I mean, I hope he was happy afterwards. Or was it a she? I think it was a she. And uh, I think there was a little bit of like, oh, okay, this guy who doesn't even do, you know, he doesn't produce content. I just come in and it's been the most watched session that the event's ever done. Uh, so <laughs> I think she was she was happy overall, but a little bit, maybe a little bit jealous. I'm hoping she's not listening. <laughs> oh, my word. Well, Alex, I'm forever grateful for that opportunity because, you know, obviously what blossomed from there was this wonderful collaboration that we developed in launching this sustainable event planning course in the UK with you and the meeting show um, and wonderful Anna. And obviously, I think giving amazing highlights, it's not just about, you know, Andy King and Fire Festival. That's the incredible piece, as you know, is that. I, I do have 30 plus years of experience in the event world and for the last 10 or 12 years, really focusing on trying to make events as close to zero waste as possible. So Alex, thank you so much for helping me, uh, you know, make that happen as far as courses are concerned. And it looks as though we did pretty well, right? For our first year. No, it's been a great collaboration. I think from, from your keynote, obviously we learned so much about your sustainability journey and what you've done in that space. And yeah, I think, was it afterwards that I asked you, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to pluck up the courage and say, Andy, will you, will you be my mentor? You could, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And obviously you were great about it and said, yeah, I'd love to. And then we started chatting and um, we obviously had the idea of, you know, what, what can we do to, to build on this sustainability chat within the industry? And uh, we're like, how can we, how can we drive some positive change, like make a positive impact. And then obviously we came up with the, the idea of the course because, I mean, personally, I'd been on so many webinars around, you know, sustainability and events. And I knew the, I knew the issue, but every webinar I was on was so dull and it never actually, I never left going, <laughs> okay, I know how to, I know how to start and I know how to report and I know how to reduce my carbon emissions. And, this is what the this is what we've done, I think, with with the with the course and my so many people are we've had some great feedback because I think we 
they've now got a starting point. They know where to end and they know how to tell the story, which is obviously, you know, you're the, you're the great storyteller. Um, you know, that I love your story around, uh, about the event you were doing for Mark Ruffalo and you were trying to obviously with sustainability, stay local. And you went down to the, the subway, didn't you, to, to get a musician from the subway obviously being a musician as well as yes. a, a marketer and an event organizer um i love that story but uh yeah t tell the rest of it andy oh my word well that was i helped mark ruffalo launch a charity that he founded called uh the solutions project where um he's been trying to influence the world in a positive way of getting everybody to embrace renewable energy and hopefully by 2050 Every home around the world will have an electric car in the driveway and a solar panel and a wind turbine and gathering water, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of fun. So we were hosting for him in New York City the launch in a park um, in the East Village and uh, trying to make it as close to zero waste as possible. And one of the things I did, as you touched on, Alex, is that we were, you know, we probably could have gotten Katy Perry to, you know, perform for us. But I said, you know what? keeping it local, supporting local, and helping people gain exposure where they may not usually get it is one of the things that I try to personally accomplish. Um, and we do it fairly well in all the events that we host. And so I went around to all the subway stations around New York City and I was collecting cards of talented young people who were playing the guitar or a small piano or a violin or just singing or, you know, and. I stumbled across a really cute girl by the name of Katie, and she was playing the guitar and had uh, and singing, and she had two pals with her that were also playing their guitars. She was phenomenal, and I got her to come and perform for Mark um, and the party with several others. I think we had about 20 performers there, and I think my I spent a total budget of maybe $5,000 to have 20 people performing. But we gave them all each you know, a few hundred bucks, and Katie performed, Mark loved her, and Mark's team called the following week asking, you know, tell us about the blonde girl. I, we think her name is Katie. I said, oh, yes, I found her at Union Square and she was amazing. And they said, well, Mark loved her, would love to fly her out to California to uh, perform for a party that he's a part of out there in, in the next couple of weeks. And I was able to call Katie and tell her, of course, I was uh, as she answered the phone. I said, I've got some great news. Um, I heard from Mark Ruffalo's team. She just started to cry. She's like, what? I mean, I said, well, and then of course I started to cry. So it was sort of a very <laughs> difficult conversation to have. But at the end, I was able to tell her that they wanted to fly her to LA in a couple of weeks for her to perform. And they were going to pay her some really good money. And she was thrilled. And so that's kind of, you know, one of my goals often when we have the ability to source local talent is to find talent that you know may not have been able to get in front of famous celebrities before and gain that exposure so it was kind of cool but it brings Love up that a story. good topic alex because obviously yep that's a fun story and during the lockdown and our zoom calls our mentorship zoom calls i'm like alex so how are you surviving i mean the event world is shut down and everybody's going crazy, you know, and you explained to me that you had your music. And I'm like, boom, there you go. That is a great recipe for sanity. And 
I'm excited to be able to provoke the conversation. So Alex, exciting things have been happening with music for you. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so I've been I've been, been doing music I think from I think about from about 11 years old when a friend uh no, my dad's friend was a singer and I remember watching a video of him singing and then from there I was like I need to try and sing and I persuaded my parents to get me one of those tiny little like karaoke machines this is like I think 11 or 12 oh, I love those and I'd, I'd get back from school <laughs> and I'd just be uh, just singing all night and uh, annoying everyone in my household because you know obviously these <laughs> even though it was quite a small little karaoke machine it was quite loud um and then i remember watching someone um i think i was watching the program and someone was like going through the songwriting process and i was like oh, i don't know how to play the guitar or the keyboard very very well so i was like okay i need to try and get a get hold of a guitar um so i managed to do that and then i was like right now i've, I've got a guitar i can kind of write a song i need a band and then kind of went on from there and I was in many, lots of different bands and then moved to London. Um, and that's kind of, since it, it's kind of kicked off from there, really. I mean, I, I'm still kind of early, early stages of my music career, I think, but um, a long story short, recently, um, someone slid into my DMs. Uh, it was like an intern from this guy in LA. And I, I was like, yeah, this all sounds great, but you know, is you get a lot of messages, don't you, in your in your private private messages on Instagram yeah. and on other other platforms like that. So I didn't think much of it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's discovered some some massive artists. Um, he wants to meet with you." I think one of the artists was like Sean Mendes or some someone like that. So I had a conversation. He was like, "That's it." I really, I really think we need to get your music out there. I love what you're doing, and uh, he was like, "I think I can get." You know, one of my friends who I've got a couple of friends who are like top DJs to do a remix of one of your songs. And I was like, OK, great. And he came back and said uh, a guy called Stonebridge, who is he's a Grammy nominated uh, producer and DJ. Um, so he's done a remix of one of my songs. And then fast forward a couple of weeks, it all happened quite quickly. A US record label called 418 Music really liked the song and they signed that track and I think I was telling you the other day actually around um when I was signing the record deal I needed an Instagram picture <laughs> and I was like well I've already signed it digitally I don't have a printer at home what can I do and I just got a uh, I think it was like a bank statement from the site and I was like okay you know <laughs> did the pose for the picture blurred out the bank statement and obviously like, that's the picture that they used as well haven't told them that though but uh they will if they're listening they will know now that was your official signing that was it, yeah. A bank statement. So On an old yeah, bank the, thing, statement. I love the things it. we do for content, hey? Oh my word! So from a you know trajectory perspective, it's like there you were at eleven years old, always a dream potentially, and then suddenly a dream coming to reality. That's pretty cool, and I love that whole piece because I'm often trying to counsel younger people today and older people, like how do you handle work and family? How do you handle work and and hobbies you know how do you yeah. stay calm how do you you know and we've touched on it before with you 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 kind of touched on the the dm and of course 
I didn't know what a DM was. I didn't I even know. You say, you yeah. Recall the story. I mean, yeah, yeah. When someone, one of my nieces, texted me and said, "Oh my word, you're a meme," and I'm like, "What is a meme?" It's <laughs> like not a meme. She said, "It's a meme." I said, "Oh well, what's a meme?" Well, they sent them to me. But it was funny because often on Instagram, different celebrities have reached out to me via a dm and i'm like everybody's like andy check your dms i'm like what is a dm like a downmo or a doomy or a, you know I'm like come on andy for pete's sake someone's trying to message you but it's crazy when you talk about obviously there it is social media who who in which you know gave you the ability to get out there and have someone reach you um which is pretty incredible but you and I have touched on yeah. before, like the pressures of social media and, you know, from a mental health perspective, um, you had once told me about some statistics and I'd love to have you repeat yeah. it to me again of like, well, how, it, how does social media work? <laughs> it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because social media can do so much good and it, it does do good. But I think the, I think the problem with it is, I think we're, when we, we talked before around the fact that for younger people they've got access to the to these platforms and when you re when you receive a notification you get that dopamine hit right every time you receive a notification it's the same dopamine hit you get when you drink alcohol when you uh take drugs when you have sex when you gamble right all of those things have an age restriction on all of those things so if you imagine these social media platforms, it's basically like, and I think someone said this, uh, it's basically like opening an alcohol store or a liquor store, as you'd say, um, and saying to some school kids, come in, have a drink, have a drink, and then come, come back five minutes later and have another drink. Like, it's not going to happen, is it? But if you think of the effects that has on, you know, young people's mental health when they're constantly getting these dopamine hits and going back down, down and they're living their life through a screen and everyone's great everyone can put a filter on everything they do and they create their life they don't show the bad moments they just show the good moments and i think that's that's the scary part of of um of social media and especially as yeah so many young people are living their life through a screen and they can they can have everything instantly so they can watch if they want to watch a film they they don't have to queue up at, at blockbuster anymore and and get that they can have it instantly so no, it's kind can't. of this instant <laughs> gratification isn't it they can get everything instantly and then they're struggling to to form meaningful relationships because of it and i am quoting a lot of this from a guy called simon sinek sinek i don't know if you've heard of him andy um but i watched a video of his before i have heard of um, him but i don't know that much yeah you should watch what um listen to him he's a he's a great great speaker um he talks a lot of sense when i when i first watched a, a video around that i kind of i remember th throwing my phone across the other side of the room this was way before like the social dilemma and things like that came out on netflix um but yeah it's uh it's an interesting one because as i said it can make a really positive impact as well so it's that it's balance isn't it everything in life is balance you know if you, well, if you drink you too much it's it. bad yeah but if you if you gamble too much it's bad but if you if you drink a little bit it's fine if you gamble a little bit that's okay 
but it's the same thing with social I mean, media. I, and the- it is. And I, you talk to different people today where I'll chat with a friend and I'll say, Hey, um, something, something and say, Oh, I, I, uh, I haven't been on Instagram for, for four months. I'm taking a break. I'm like, wow. Okay. I, I did, was that becoming a problem? Oh yeah. I couldn't get off of it. I was just constantly looking and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was like, wow, Are you addicted? Okay. To that? It's- Andy, do you spend much time on it? On social no, media? I'm bad. No, I'm awful. This is like, I know I'm addicted. I know that I would call myself like I would say I'm an addict with my phone. Like I can't stop. And I know that it's bad, but without, without realizing you're back on it. And that's, you know, we've been kind of, yeah, it's really bad. And I've tried things like that. Like don't use your phone for a while. And then you kind of go back to it and then you're back in it again. And it's uh, something needs to be done. I think around it. Well, I think, Craig handles a lot of the social media for me. He's constantly sort of answering the DMs and bringing them to my attention. And I find that I find a lot of the social media process is just really stressful. I'm like, oh my, I have enough stress in my life. I can't be, because it's amazing. And you know, the whole scenarios you've touched on. It's like, okay, so I did a post about something and I'm like, why, why aren't I getting more likes or views or what did I do wrong? What is... And when I first, you know, when fire was hot and the documentary came out, oh my word, I could do one post and get 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 people liking it and commenting and on and on. And then suddenly it continued to taper off. And it was almost a nice feeling for me because I was like, wow, okay, I'm not feeling this pressure right now of like people constantly like commenting and watching. I felt like, oh, okay, I'm... But then it flips on you, as you know, and you're like, why isn't anybody listening to me? Why, why, why aren't I getting more likes? What have I, what have I done wrong? What am I, you know, it takes, it just drives you crazy. I don't know how people do it today. Yeah. And then if you, don't. if you imagine, if you imagine being a young person, like as in like, you know, 16 to, you know, 18 year old or maybe even younger and you put a post out and you don't get many likes or you get unfriended, you know, when they're going through like a really stressful time in their life. And they have to deal with that side as well. It's, it's quite scary, really. I mean, we all feel it, don't we? It's a, it is cruel. And then there it is. Like you think about in today's world, kids don't even have to leave their bedroom and they get bullied. And at least we knew like if we were going to school and something went askew, we got bullied. And half the time it was taken care of one way or another. But now with the internet, I mean, it is crazy. But I feel like... In your situation, it's interesting where you were able to take a difficult time like COVID, where people were fighting with mental health issues constantly, and kind of return to the love of your life of music um, as the event world was struggling. And I've spoken to so many musicians that have said they were able to create incredible music during the shutdowns, yeah. which I just love. So you were kind of yeah. taking something, I, you know, a negative situation, making it positive. Yeah, I did quite a lot actually in COVID. Um, in COVID time, I was like, I think I was one of those people who was like, I need to be doing like as much as I can because I'm not, you know, because I've got this this time back that I wouldn't usually have. And then, I mean, after, after a period of time, it kind of wears off and you're like, actually, this is becoming normal now. But I, I kind of reached out to as many people as possible and, uh, I actually got asked by, a, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's called Tango Live, 
it's a social media platform it's... i would describe it it's got like an artist section to it right it's a bit like tiktok but it's all everything's live right but it's got a an artist section and i describe it as a only fans for musicians it's a bit of a weird weird <laughs> app to be honest so i i got asked to be a resident which meant I would be at the top of the, the feed when I was playing. So I'd be the first th- thing people saw. And people can gift you like little emojis and they, they equals like dollars, right? So I'd be playing and people would be sending me these emojis of like, what, what is going on? Like, these people don't even know me. They don't, they've never heard of me before and they're just giving me money, right? And there was one, uh, there's, there was a feature on the app where people could ask to join your party when you're playing. Right. So I was playing one day and I thought, oh, this would be fun. I'll just I'll just click accept. Carried on playing. I was playing a song. And these three pretty much naked girls came onto the screen. And I was like, what's oh, going on? God's and sake. I was like, mid, I was like <laughs> mid song. So I just carried on playing. And my girlfriend was like the other side of the screen. So she was like in hysteric, hysterics laughing. Uh, oh, it was quite my weird. word. But they just wanted because I was at the top of the uh, the feed. They wanted my like followers or the people viewing to then follow them and gift them money or whatever. So, yeah, I did that for about three months. I had some really interesting times on there. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was once a week. <clears throat> I love it, though. It sounds as though it was a great way to just get yourself out there. Yeah, it was good, actually. I got quite a few followers off the back of it. And I think it was, you know, it wasn't big money, but it was like, you know, a couple of hundred dollars they were gifting a time and like in covid obviously that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah absolutely and especially when you weren't able to go play anywhere live right i mean yeah are you back to playing live and in, in in some places now what's going on yeah i've done a couple of live gigs um i've been focusing quite a lot on the writing side and and recording and trying to get my my songs out there but i definitely want to get back to to playing live uh, i saw you had loud luxury on the other week so you know i'd love to go on stage with them andy <laughs> okay good all right alex we'll work on that for sure we'll either get you over across the pond here or we'll do something in the uk but they're great guys i tell you it's a, it is fascinating to see as the world reopens again um and performances take place you know the, the guys with uh, loud luxury have begun their residency in las vegas and you imagine i mean i, I don't even know I just said to them, cheapers, going on every night with all these different kinds of transient people who are just buying a ticket to go somewhere, not necessarily following them for their talent or their music. Um, but they get out there every night and they have a ball and they just have fun and they love what they do. And I think that's so much of what the music world's all about, right? Yeah. I mean, I think for most mu- musicians, it's it's the best thing, the best feeling when you get out there and you get that engagement with the with the people watching and even if like it's a small room you know i'm not playing uh anywhere near i'm still right at the beginning playing small small venues still but i love it i come off with such a buzz and yeah it's the best feeling and when a when you play a song one of your own songs and you the crowd sing your song back even if it's four people singing your song like that's one of the best feelings for me anyway. That's, that is so cool. I know I love, we were, you probably saw um, Craig and I were VIP guests at a 
club in Charleston recently called Trio and Matoma, one of the DJs that I uh, follow and help support a little bit, um, it came over from Norway and he was performing and it was so cute to see the audience there and everybody, you know, waving and taking my picture and, you know, holding my photograph up on their phone so I could see it and heart signs. And, you know, I mean, obviously having that interaction again is so nice and it's not just another Zoom call that it's actually, you know, live in person. And what we loved so much last week was that the venue only held 200 people. So it wasn't massive. Um, I'm going to be assisting and helping with the Bluegrass Music Festival here in Charleston next week. And we'll have, I think, upwards of 4,500 people, which would be amazing. But it's in a nature reserve, so it's all outside, which I love. So because I'm still a little bit paranoid about the COVID thing. So um, it's kind of fun to see that people are returning um, to, you know, attending large events. But I think our job, obviously, and you and I have been through this a fair amount, and especially with your role with a meeting show is, you know, how do you help produce events and counsel other event planners on how to make events still fun, really cool, but safe at the end of the day, right? And that's like the, tra- the tragic story of the Travis Scott concert, right, Alex? When I was on the phone yeah, with some of the hard. producers afterwards, like Andy. Horrible. Yeah. They're like, Andy, you know what went wrong? I said, well, I have a feeling. And it's like, we didn't, you know, we didn't have enough security. We didn't have enough uh, barriers. You know, we didn't have enough crowd control people there. And, you know, it showed. It's so challenging. Yeah, and I think, uh, especially over the last like pre-COVID, one of the key trends in in the in the industry was security and safety. It's becoming more and more of a thing after yeah. you know, especially in in London, there was a few, been a few different obviously te- terrible terrorist attacks, and I think one the one by London Bridge was at it was, you know, people involved were at an event, um, so after that. It kind of in the UK and especially it kind of changed people's mentalities. Like we need to get better procedures in place for sure. It is. It is crazy. Gosh. But I think COVID was able to really help us step back in the event world and really think about all of all the challenges and what have we done poorly in the past and what can we improve in the future? And I'm excited now, obviously, to see us coming out and producing big things again and hopefully taking the knowledge and uh, you know the time that we had in a positive way to kind of rethink it all replug i mean i'm always saying that the event world uh was a broken world because of you know i mean from a sustainability perspective for sure but many other different ways as well and i was the keynote speaker at a music festival conference in Brisbane, Australia, right before COVID. And, you know, one of their biggest things was drug overdoses at music festivals today, which we don't really talk about that much, but it is an amazingly alarming high number of, of deaths that take place in conjunction with music festivals and drugs. And there's gotta be a way to sort of, you know, address that and still make it cool don't, you know, ruin the time for all the kids that are going, but create a safer environment for all of them. And 
I'm hoping that that those kinds of yeah I think initiatives are going to start. You're going to start to see them more. Yeah, some some uh, music festivals you can they're, they're testing drugs before you go in. So you, you, I don't think you get there's no like you know police get involved or anything like that, and they get tested and it's safe when they when they do go in. But I don't think I've not heard of anything like that in the UK. I think it's more yeah. the, the festivals around Europe that are doing things like that. I think that's going to be an ongoing problem, but something I think we'll all try to try to get our hands around. I mean, obviously, I think it's it is important where kids just want to have fun, right? And they want to be able to enjoy the music. They want to be able to party away, you know. But at the end of the day, often the drugs they think they're taking are not really the drugs they are taking, right? They're much more severe, and that's where the problems take place. I mean, I'm, it's a challenge in the event world, but I think now um you'll see a lot you know, i think you'll see a lot more practice new practices coming forward uh on the festival side speaking of events um go so alice you're seeing the event world coming back slowly but surely um what fun things are you working on now we've got a lot going on just a, a high number of events but we're trying to we're trying to mix things up and, and try new things. And like one of your examples actually of, you know, bringing in local. So um, we run like a, a big awards night. It's like they just, people describe it as like the Oscars of the event industry. And we're trying to bring in like local musicians to that. And, you know, anything we can do around sustainability that we're, we're trying to incorporate it into everything that we do. Um, yeah, and I think some of your your stories and your your I suppose your your guidance really is is definitely definitely helped that and helped me as a as an event organizer. Um, so yeah, always thankful for that, Andy, it. and the and the oh uh, the mentoring that you're doing for me. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can collaborate. I soon, love though. that. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Um, I'm looking at potentially. Uh, being over in the UK in late June um, to do a couple, probably a couple speaking engagements and then um, maybe even do a little bit of media. Um, we're uh, in just the sort of the initial stages of a couple of these things, but it's kind of fun. And I just love, you know, my time in the UK is always so fruitful and enjoying. It's interesting for me from a sustainability perspective, it's fascinating to look around like, Every truck that goes by, every subway or train or bus has sustainability, um, you know, verbiage and initiatives and and language. And it looks as though you guys are really trying to embrace the world of climate change and, you know, trying to do your best. And I'm not saying we're not doing a good job here in the States, but we have a long way to go. And yeah, I think it's kind of fun to... Now I think I think one of the one of the problems in the in the UK is that everyone's putting that on everything, right? And when you drill down into it, are they actually sustainable? Like like how are they measuring their their carbon emissions? Like uh, I would I would suggest that most of them actually aren't, but they are saying it because they they they've employed they've they've done a few tactics, right? So you know, if there's a music festival and they they're not having plastic cups, that's great. Like we talk about this all the time, don't we, Andy? That you know, it's baby steps in the right direction, but they need to be doing more and actually 
having like a sustainability agency or consultant like you coming to actually you know do it properly and and work towards you know the goal that everyone's kind of working towards of you know net zero well alex maybe that brings up a good point so I had this wonderful idea. What if we develop something like that's called the sustainability event police? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The police come in. <laughs> yeah. That's what it needs, I think. Something you like never that. know when they're going to arrive. Yeah, would that be yeah. crazy? I mean, it's like, okay, there you are producing a big event. And you're like, oh, shit, look over there. It's Andy King and the sustainability police. They're here. Should we actually they're looking to make we sure dress as like the- policemen as well as we go in? Although they might think it's some weird like stag do, yeah, it might might seem like some like you know <laughs> stag do a bachelor party where you know we've come in policemen and take our clothes off. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I could be part of it, but I think creating like the sustainability police would be a great idea. Like, okay, how do we? I mean, I'm up against a situation where where I'm located right now in the Carolinas, in South Carolina, and trying to help produce a big festival, um, you know, one of the things that I'm just doing my best to do, and I have for so long, is just to eliminate, just the baby step, as you say, eliminate plastic, a lot of these big events. And right now, I'm up against, oh, let's just say, 20 or 30,000 plastic water bottles about to be delivered for this festival. And I'm like, you guys, but I can't find local companies that will deliver large quantities of water for refilling stations. I mean, it's amazing. And here we are in 2022. I'm like, come on, guys. And then they said, well, Andy, I said, okay, well, then if we have to do the plastic water bottles, let's talk about the recycling piece. They're like, well, good luck with that, too, because trying to find a good waste removal organization who actually really embraces sustainability and the recycling piece down here is really, really difficult. So it's still a journey, Alex. It is yeah, they need to they, they need to wake up though, a lot of these these people I think and you know, because like this is going to be the norm like soon and it maybe may it's taking a bit longer in like some areas of the U.S. but they'll be left behind at some point if they don't I get on the train. Be left behind. Yeah, I hope they're left behind soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm praying now. So from that angle right now. Um, we launched our sustainability course. What was it in December? Oh, November, December? October. We launched it. October. Or October. Last year. Okay, cool. And now the goal is to do it again next yep, September. So, yeah. So it'll be the end of September, and we'll be opening. Uh, enrollment will start in a couple of months, um, so people can start signing up, signing up for it, but. No, it's a great course. And I think you you and Anna were a great combination, I think, for it. So, uh, yeah. No, I'm really proud of what we've done, actually. Oh, wow. Well, listen, you were so wonderful to work with. Anna, from a technical perspective, it's just amazing being able to give all the stats on, you know, on climate change and carbon footprints, et cetera, et cetera. And me sharing my stories, I felt like, you know, after a long career witnessing things that have taken place that were not sustainable at all, and then kind of emerging into the sector, um, I was able to shed light in a kind of a fun way, balancing with Anna's more, you know, 
realism of what exactly is the impact that we're making with a lot of these large wasteful events. But I'm excited to see, um, as you said, obviously first year, um, I think we did pretty well. Second year, I bet the enrollment will really build. And it's just kind of cool. I mean, I feel like, what do you think, Alex? We're creating the new norm, as you touched on, right? Yeah, I mean, we're doing, we're trying to do a little bit, aren't we? If we, we just, we keep saying it, but baby steps. If we help, I think we, it was, we had around 80, 90 um, students in, in year one. And if they then go on to, you know, create sustainable events across their, you know, some event organizers are looking after 30 events a year. Now, you know, times that by our students, if we can, they, they pass it on to their colleagues and their friends and, you know, I, hopefully we're making a difference and we can continue to do that to help the planet. Well, I, I feel like it is, you know, people joke and say, well, you know, we're running out of time and well, we kind of ran out of time a while ago, don't you think? But whatever we can do every day, in our own ways is, you know, if we can influence just a small percentage of the population of the attendees who attend events that we're hosting, then we're doing a pretty good job. And that's one of the things that where it's just, um, it's all about, for me, as you know, with the course, it's all about the narrative. And for me to be able to tell stories and then to demonstrate them at large events, you know, through activations um, uh, that, at least people might walk away going, shit, maybe I, I don't know why I keep buying these cases of plastic water bottles. Probably not a good idea. Oh, not sure why we don't go to that farmer's market every Saturday and support local farmers. Hmm. Not sure why, you know, and there's so many different things that you can do in little ways that will help change the world, I think, overnight. Um, the world we live in today, this crazy world. So, Alex, what um, ha I haven't seen too many... Um, music-based fundraising or awareness campaigns for the Ukraine. Are you aware of any right now? No, I haven't seen much at all, actually. Um, I'm sure there are because obviously it's horrendous what's going on at the moment. Um, I'll look into that. Yeah, we've got to look into that because I haven't seen any either. And I saw an alarming somebody that I'm friends with on LinkedIn wrote a story today about a girl that works with her, who's Ukrainian, um, on her team, um, was killed, and her two children trying to flee the city and head for the border. And it was all it was civilian firing and just tragic. Like, gosh, now it's hitting home, you know, where it's people you know, and I kept waiting for and that nice. to happen. I mean, it's just as it's it's terrible. hard to believe a war in 2022, right? I know. Oh, we just got out of COVID, and now World War Three is not uh, not the best. No, no. Hopefully, we're going to get through this one too. It's it is a um, it's a scary time when you think about what we all take for granted every day, right? And now you look at a scenario like the Ukraine, you're like, wow, and their lives have just been pulled out from underneath them, and you know we're worrying about gas prices and whatever, whatever, whatever. And these people don't have a home and they're not sure where they're going to go. And puts it into perspective, doesn't it? And, and, yeah. Puts it into perspective, especially so when we were talking shit. earlier about 
the uh you know doing a instagram post and you know not many you know not many people liking it it's like well really that doesn't matter at all does it in the grand scheme of things it means nothing no no not with this no not with the crime when you're looking at it from that perspective it is it is it's an eye-opener but hopefully we're becoming more grateful in our own personal lives each day and hopefully we're all able to do one nice little thing today is international women's day i don't know um what's the hour it's probably too late i'm hoping you're taking your girlfriend out for dinner hopefully you did earlier or did something special for her we'll be doing after this it's uh it's dinner time so yeah i'll be i'll be cooking tonight oh there you go nice it is amazing when you think about alex like for me and i don't know about you like my mother my adopted mom my grandmothers like they were like some of the biggest influences in my life these women um not necessarily the the men how about you yeah I, i'm a, I, to be honest i'm i'm a complete mummy's boy <laughs> <laughs> so my mum is uh yeah she's a great great woman and she has just created such a great life and path for me and just always got behind me and everything everything that I've done. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really quite lucky in that, in that sense. Yeah. I better tell actually. Yeah. Good idea. International women's day. It's a good idea. I mean, it is amazing for me when I talk to so many different women today where it's a journey. Me as a gay man, it's a journey for many women. It's a journey, but it's pretty cool to see so many doing so many amazing things today. And I love that for sure. Okay, so Alex, one last little remaining question I love to ask all my guests. When did you have to be fully prepared? Like, what is the craziest thing you ever had to do taking one for the team? That could be in any way you think, you know. Okay. um, I'm sure there's something pretty crazy that you've had to do to demonstrate that you're an ultimate team player. What would that be? Ultimate team player. I think it was, I was working at a company called Comic Relief and it's for a Red Nose Day campaign. I think you've got Red Nose Day USA now in the States. So it uses, essentially, it's a charity that uses celebrities to to drive donations. So um, one day my boss, I was working away, my boss grabbed me and said, we've got an advert shoot going on uh, for the fundraising campaign like in the other side of the office, it's remote like workplace fundraising. And there's a comedian, um, Joe Lysett, he's a great British comedian. Um, would you just go and like, would you go and help? Would you be in it? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I've got quite a quite a lot going on at the moment. Uh, I've got, got a lot of work to do. And she was like, please, you just got to put on this Winnie the Pooh outfit, right? Oh. and you'll just be in the background it's fine like it'll take 15 minutes and then you can then you can go we just need you someone to wear this anyway i've got over there and uh the producer it's all like huge crew set up the producer said yep so you're the main focus of this with the comedian so you're front no. and center of this right and uh i was there for two hours dancing in a Winnie the Pooh outfit and <laughs> that video then went on I think it went on TV it was played in cinemas around the country 
a lot of my friends still send me a screenshot of that uh, <laughs> when they remember it. Uh, so yeah, I think that was one that I was taking one for the team. Uh, I was like, I can't believe you put me through that the, to my <laughs> to my boss. You said it was going to be ten minutes, and it was two hours, and I was front and centre um, of the video. So uh, yeah, I'll share that with, one with you later, Andy. Oh my word! Well, that sounds like you definitely went the extra mile. But I guess the good news is, is that you had a you had a mask over your head. I hope so. No one really knew it was you, except who was it? Oh, my face! My face was still showing. Oh my! Yeah. Gosh. So it was just okay. like the yeah. yeah we need to put up it, like head above it and my face showing. So no, yeah. I think a lot of my friends said, "Were you drunk in it?" I look a bit like yeah, not in not amused and uh, like I've had a few few drinks. So. <laughs> Okay, I'd say that's a pretty good one. Yeah, you were fully prepared and you did whatever it took. You made it work. Absolutely. God, <laughs> Alex. Well, um, where can people follow you? And um, are you, I, I think you'd already yeah. told me once, but yeah, for your music, so Spotify, where do we find you on there too? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Spotify. Um, just search for Alex Softly and the same for Instagram, so at Alex Softly. Um, yeah, I've just had a new new track come out. So if anyone wants to listen, uh, that would be uh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> onward and upward. Well, Alex, I um, I'm I am thr thrilled to have you on today, and I'm so excited that um, I'm hopefully going to see you in the next couple months over there across the pond. Um, but I'm psyched to see you know in our journey together your balance of work and personal. Um, obviously, you, you haven't touched on the fact that you've been quite been quite the ordeal with your girlfriend and COVID and your girlfriend being stuck in Australia and you in London, but you're finally no, we're, back we're, together, we're reunited. Right? We're reunited, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm a happy man. Okay, good. I love that for sure. Well, thank you again for being on. Uh, looking forward to all next steps. Keep rocking it, literally. And uh, <laughs> thanks for being a good advocate for uh, the sustainable event world, too. No, thank you. No, thank you so much for having me, Andy. And uh, yeah, give me the opportunity to, to talk on a podcast. Um, it's my first podcast, so I really enjoyed it. All right, my friend, we will talk soon and stay well. This is a Podcast Now production.